Hello, and thank you for joining me for this week's instalment of Starts and Grafts. I'm Connor, and this week's guest is the drummer in the Salford band Velvet Shakes. They describe their sound as somewhere in the sludge between electronic disco and cosmic pop, drawing inspiration from a wide range of genres. The band had some pretty impressive things lined up this year, but they haven't let COVID stop them completely. Anthony Hickey, welcome to Starts and Grafts. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. I'm not too bad. What a way to describe the sound that you guys make in the sludge between electronic disco and cosmic pop. Whose idea was that? It was Josh's. I feel like none of us are really creative enough to make that name apart from Josh, so I think I think I'll give him credit on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty impressive way of describing it. For any of the listeners that aren't familiar with Velvet Shakes, don't worry. You'll get to have a listen later on in the show as to what the sludge between electronic disco and cosmic pop is. So, Ant, how are the new lockdown measures treating you? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's tough, um, not just as a musician, but basically everyone's going through the, the same thing, aren't they? But luckily as a band we're still making progress writing music and producing music so we're keeping ourselves busy even though obviously we, we don't have a live setting at the moment for performance but I think this new lockdown now that we're in winter it's so much more exhausting than it was during the summer I mean we're stuck indoors all day it's pitch black you wake up you turn your big light on yeah it's typical Blackpool illumination setting it's absolutely doing my head in Um, So for those people who don't know Velvet Shakes, obviously it would have been really nice to have had the whole band on the podcast, but due to lockdown measures, we can't have everyone on. Could you give us a bit of a who's who of Velvet Shakes? So um, I'm Ant, I'm the drummer in Velvet Shakes. Um, We've got Josh, who is the uh, singer, songwriter and synth player now. Decided that he wants to try and uh, play the synth, (laughs) but he knows he does it well. And we've got Scott on rhythm guitar and Louis on bass. Nice. Are you all from Salford or are you all from different places? We're all from different places, but we met in Salford when we were all at uni together. But I didn't actually know the band in uni. They were a different year than me, but but yeah, we met in Salford together. Where's everyone from then? So I'm from Bolton, as you know. We've got Scott from Stafford. Uh, Louis from Manchester, Longside, um, which is just around the corner from me now. And Josh is from North Wales. Oh, fair. So quite a quite an array of different locations then. Yeah. So have there been points then during the pandemic where you've been under different tier restrictions to each other? Yeah, so it was tough, obviously, at the very first lockdown because we couldn't meet up at all. So any sort of ideas that we were discussing or arranging, it was all sort of done on the group chat or Zoom calls and that sort of thing. But luckily... As things got a bit more lenient, I was sort of able to go around to Josh's and record bits of hi-hat parts in and people were able to go around and record their part on the new track and that sort of thing. But Yeah, because at the start, you must have just been thinking, how on earth are we going to be able to even get together and do things? And obviously people were using Zoom, but as a band, you're obviously used to having quite long rehearsal periods and long sessions. Yeah, It's just not feasible over Zoom, really, is it? Or did you find that you found a, a nice balance between working on your own and working online? I think it, I think it's just the fact that it happens so quickly. You know what I mean? Like we heard about this thing in China and then 
obviously as Brits like we do we think oh it's not going to affect us and that sort of thing and then before mm. you know it we're in lockdown and we're sort of on the group chat like yeah what are we going to do now I, I get what you mean but it's completely out of our hands and you just got to do what you can in the situation like everyone's doing I think some good's come of it where Josh has been writing like I would say more he writes a yeah. lot anyway but he's writing even more since the lockdown and he's experimenting mm. with new sounds and different ideas maybe going a little bit eighties with some some stuff like I think it has had its benefits creatively in terms of writing giving us more time and to be a bit more am- ambitious and have a different approach to our writing but in terms of obviously the live performance setting it's it's just completely you know what I mean so for you as the drummer then so you're saying that Josh is doing all this brilliant writing and kind of working on new material for you whilst you're whilst he's doing that what are you and the rest of the band doing in the background are you coming up with little bits of you know percussion that you can add into songs that you can pitch to the rest of the band are you working on your skills or are you waiting around for Josh to come up with something <laughs> we're just waiting on the group chat just refreshing it <laughs> all day refreshing long refreshing the chat until Josh has got something for us no we're not <laughs> Um, just like I know it sounds boring but almost just admin stuff you know what I mean just emailing people and just trying to get ourselves out there and get as much exposure as we can for the new release really that's what we've been focusing on but obviously Josh will send us ideas and we'll give feedback on the new ideas and that sort of thing and then hopefully when we can meet up with households again we can um, get into we call it the studio it's actually Josh's back room but it does the trick so Josh has had the best setup out of everyone, really. Josh has been at home in his home studio. Oh, yeah, he's fine. He's not bothered. He's, <laughs> he's, he's loving it. So he was prepared from day one. He was ready for this. Oh, yeah. But you guys had such a big year, or you finished the year on such a high, didn't you? You had a huge gig at Gorilla in Manchester supporting Crazy P. Would you describe that as a high point for Velvet Shake so far? Yeah, definitely. It was It was a really special night. It was... I think as well what made it so special is we've always been curious with our live acts that like we don't just work as a band that you'd see in a festival in the day but we can also work as a band where it's more of a nighttime DJ event sort of slot that we were we were put into but because of that electronic dance element to our music it goes down like just as well with that sort of crowd as it does with people who are into the bands and that sort of thing so I think it was a special night because not only it was obviously we're supporting Crazy P we're big fans of Crazy P and, mm. and it was the biggest audience we've had but it actually gave us a platform to see what our music would do in that sort of events warehouse like sort of setting which I think has gave us a lot of confidence with our live sort of sound. For those who don't know Gorilla particularly well Gorilla is quite a prominent venue in Manchester it's played host to some huge acts from Foles to even Kylie Minogue. Um, and we nearly lost Gorilla, didn't we, during the pandemic? I think at one point it was declared closed. Yeah, it was. I was I was gutted. But then I think they managed to sort out some funding, didn't they? And I think a few of the Manchester sort of grassroots venues as well, they were in the same boat. But I think luckily we got some government funding. Because you can't imagine any city, really, you can't imagine them without those medium-sized venues that are just so important because at the end of the day, people like yourselves can't just go from playing small pubs to huge arenas. You've yeah. got to have those spaces in between that can accommodate, you know, the chance for you to be able to grow and experiment new things like more late night kind of dance elements to you guys as a band. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And like you say, that's how all of it works. Like, 
that's the only way you get onto those bigger platforms. So when, when you don't have performance like that, it's hard to do that when you're just going through social media and that sort of thing and bits of radio. You need people to see you and get involved in the project. Have you guys done, I don't think you've done any live, live, live streams, <laughs> live streams, have, live streams. Have you ever over lockdown? No, we haven't. I think the only way we could do a live stream is if we did like a sort of acoustic thing. Like I don't have um, a drum kit in my house that I could do something on. So we have done acoustic stuff before and we were thinking of doing a live stream acoustic thing, but I don't know if it represents us as a band in the best way. So even though it sounds good acoustic, I think one of the most exciting elements to us is just how different we sound in terms of the okay. electronic dance and the synth and the psychedelic sort of features to the music and we want people to hear that we don't want them to have a sort of disjointed view of what we're about no that completely makes sense so where so you're talking about all these different things talking about dance and psych and electronic element where do you all gather your influences from then i think in general like each one of us like without sounding really pretentious has like quite an eclectic music taste so i think in general we love lots of different types of music and we wanted to create something which amalgamates those types together and creates velvet shakes with a sound that we want to make with all these different genres that we're influenced by and, and yeah it's a lot of fun it's not really wise on a podcast to reference artwork um, but we'll definitely share some of your artwork on our social media for people to check out but you definitely get that feel of all these different styles coming together and it's so vibrant and it's impressive because the designs on your tracks completely reflect the sound that you guys are putting across to your audience i'm gonna shout out sarah walker for the artwork it's our, our good friend sarah she's a very very talented artist and she fully gets across like you say what we want to create with the music so yeah massive thanks to sarah it must have been such a weird how many months are we into the pandemic now about eight for you guys because to me the beauty of being able to make music is to be able to do it with other people and it's so clear looking at you as a band that you not only get on as bandmates but you get on so well as friends as well so that time apart must have been so alien oh definitely like on a personal level like you say we get on so much and we we are each other's rocks in every sort of situation like genuinely so it's tough you know i mean not just just having those two rehearsals a week we do sort of two four-hour rehearsals just having that time as mates you know what i mean like every week to just discuss what's going on and with our lives and stuff as well as music it has it has made a massive difference not being able to see each other as much but it's true because i was talking to so i was talking to toria weefin last well last week which will be the first podcast of the series and she was saying that because of lockdown she's not been able to gather as much inspiration or the material that she normally can do because there's not as many things going on i suppose for you guys when the four of you enter a room there must be so much going on in your own personal lives that you can bring into that space to put together to then influence the songwriting or the sound that you're going to make. I think if you listen to a lot of our mu- like our lyrics, even though it's quite upbeat songs, like there is some, there's a lot of meaning behind the lyrics in terms of mental health and that sort of thing if you, if you look into them. And I think that does stem from the fact that, like you say, we're all such close mates and we have that safe space, that rehearsal room we can go to and not just musically share ideas and have a have a good time creating but like you say you can share what's on your mind and that sort of thing and then I think us being so open with each other it has very much influenced the music because being able to express ourselves to each other openly has made it so we feel like we can express ourselves more comfortably in the music and and we can talk about what we want to in lyrics and just give each other a bit more confidence 
I think that's so nice what you've just said about the mental health aspects because people people don't always think about the benefits of making music being you know so internal and what it can have upon your self-esteem and your mental health and all these different aspects because there's some there's so much to be said about what music can do for a person so I think it's yeah I think a lot of people have struggled not having that so you guys had had this massive massive gig which has almost been a high point for you at the end of 2019 you'd secured a few festivals for the summer of this year hadn't you as well where were you meant to be playing so we're meant to be playing at Kendall Calling Festival, which is obviously like yeah, yeah. that's the that's the biggest gig that we've we've had lined up to date. And we were meant to be playing Focus Wales Festival, which we actually played last year. But yeah, like Kendall Calling, it was you know as as a platform. I remember I used to go and I used to go to Why Not Festival. I think I've been a couple of times, and that's like the sister sort of festival to Kendall Calling with a very similar similar mm. lineup. So I remember I used to, I'd be at Why Not Festival and like when I was 17 and the fact that I would have been, you know what I mean, my band, our band would have been playing Kendall Calling Festival this year. It was it was massive for us and Scott's never actually been to a festival before. So his first festival would have been playing Kendall Calling. So it's obviously such a shame and it was a massive opportunity for us to reach out to a wider audience and have, have an amazing experience. So... Yeah, it's tough. That would be such a surreal feeling, like you said, playing at a festival which is so similar to the ones that you know that you went to and I went to when we were younger. And also, I remember with Kendall Calling being not particularly local, but with it being up in the north, it was always one that people would check out the lineup for because it was feasible to get to and to go to. But I can't believe that Scott, did you say, hasn't been to a festival because the sound that I don't know if it's you know the sound that you guys make is so fitting for a festival setting that's mental <laughs> yeah like I don't know why he's not beam I'll have to ask him but <laughs> but um yeah it would have been his first one so he's, he's good I think he's afraid of tents I think that's the real reason I think he's scared that the tent will blow away whilst he's inside it <laughs> he's only small he's quite fragile so he might blow away he's only a small he's only a small chap <laughs> sorry Scott <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go back to them in a bit and say I'm really sorry, Scott. I did call you out during the podcast. Um, He's the exact same height as me, so I don't know what I'm on about. <laughs> so you'd be all right in a t- sharing a tent together. But yeah, so we talked about obviously you had all these brilliant gigs lined up. It must have been really nice as well to have things lined up outside of Manchester and to be spreading a little bit further afield. Yeah, definitely. Like I think we we've done some gigs um, in Liverpool and Newcastle. In terms of the UK, we've been branching out a little bit, but. Um, like like you say, we're just so excited to get to get some more gigs in. Like I say, some bigger opportunities and some opportunities to go a bit further out than and sort of the north. Like hopefully get a few gigs down south. But like you say, at the moment you've just got to bide your time and and focus on what you can focus on. There's no point thinking too much about the fact that we can't gig when we can focus on other things that we can do to progress. Have they been cancelled or postponed just out of interest? The festivals that you had lined up. Um, so Focus Wales Festival has been postponed. I think that's going to be in December 2021. So it's weird they've moved it from summer to winter. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, but um, we, 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 we're buzzing for that. And um, we haven't actually. I'm not sure what's happening with Kendall. Obviously, we'd like we'd love to be asked back, but um, we've not heard anything yet. We'll have to shout them out if anybody from Kendall Collins. Um, yeah, I'd be well. I'd be well impressed if someone from Kendall Collin was listening to uh, my little podcast. But it's really important because these festivals are so good at pushing emerging talent and giving them their break to 
open up to a wider audience. So I really do hope that these things are able to return in the summer. I mean, there's been talk of a vaccine this week. Who knows what will happen? But if the festival scene can return in the summer, it will be so important. It will give so many bands that lease of life, that big chance that they were looking forward to in 2020. So fingers crossed. But you guys, you still managed to be quite productive this year. You've been telling us a little bit um, about new music. You've got a new track out very soon, haven't you? Yeah, so I think... By the time this goes out, it'll actually be out. Um, so World will be out on the 20th. And that's a new single. We're very excited about it. Nice. What's it about, Ant? So World um, was written by Josh, <laughs> like, like they all are. But, um, <laughs> Should have guessed. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's essentially about sort of having a change of perspective and having a greater sort of appreciation of life. One of the main lyrics is, I won't go without my love, without walking around, when I'm walking around the world. So it's essentially just whatever situation you're in, just as you as you're getting about your life and walking around the world, just try and think of the positives and have that change of perspective and try and feel try and, try and do things that make you feel as good as you possibly can. Nice. And this has been written during lockdown. I'd say sort of the back end of last year. So we had written it. Yeah, I'd say sort of near enough where the crazy P gig was. But um I think obviously the lyrics more than ever so relevant in in the current climate that um we do it's just yeah it's about that sort of change of perspective which i think is needed at the moment with the current climate well so let's give the listeners a chance to hear a bit of the sludge between electronic disco and cosmic pop with the new single from velvet shakes which is world So that was Velvet Shake's new track, World. I'm going to claim that. I know it's definitely not the first time it's been played on the radio or been played anywhere, but I'm definitely claiming that as the first time it's played on a podcast. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> so that's a point on our side. A lot of artists have purposely postponed releasing new music, understandably, because they've not been able to do any additional touring or you know additional promo for the song. Did it just make sense for you guys to release this now? It's such a feel-good song and it is sort of about that shift in perspective and having a greater appreciation of things. So I think if we can give people something to listen to which has positive energy and makes them feel good, then why not bring it out? 
I think that's such a good reason. I think it's absolutely class. I think it's really feel good. It's a really good vibe. And I think it's what everyone needs to be listening to. Like we said, when we've got these extremely dark days, yeah. in terms of the lighting outside, I wasn't getting all deep. There. I know I was going to say. <laughs> when you sent it over, I've been making my toast in the morning and just kind of dancing away in the kitchen. It's just a lot of your songs really do that. They make people just want to get up and dance but does that not make you concerned that socially distanced sit down gigs are going to be a thing for quite a while i don't know obviously we've got the news of the vaccine so hopefully if we if that's distributed (laughs) um soon then hopefully we'll be able to do gigs like normal but yeah i do i do a sit down gig like people can still enjoy it even though they can't have a can't have a dance so i just i just want to be gigging as much as possible actually i absolutely love it so the quicker the better i bet you must be missing it so much i mean we're all missing it i'm missing it so much it's just a gig goer it feels like there's such a such a void i know that sounds really heavy and dark but not being able to get out and just listen to some music even in even in a bar or something it feels really like there's something missing and for you guys though it must be a shame obviously putting all this music out which is great but you're not necessarily able to see the physical reaction of an audience live at a gig responding to it for the first time yeah it's really it's really tough because like I say, it's feel-good music and it's dance music. So you want to see people like when you're on stage having a mint time and you're, you're giving them that sort of feeling. It's incredible to see like, you playing your music that you love out to an audience and everyone's enjoying it and dancing and having a good time. It's it's almost like the worst part is that you can't give someone that night. You know what I mean? Like everyone's slaving away at their jobs and they come out on the weekend. They want to be feeling good and having a nice time. It's hard that you can't give them that in a live setting, and I think personally for me as well, I I absolutely love playing live. Like sometimes the most comfortable I feel is playing live on stage, just playing to people and playing music that we love. So on a personal level for me, it, it's hard. And I'm the drummer; I don't write any music, so that's my my job out the window. <laughs> mm. It's true though because it's so clear. I've seen you perform a couple of times now, and I'd say you're definitely the smiliest drummer that I've ever seen you look so comfortable on stage you look so happy sometimes you're almost tucked away behind the rest of the band but just seeing you at the back kind of popping away and doing what you're doing there's some smiles but there are some questionable faces as well as that I feel like (laughs) some people got some pictures and I look like I don't know it's pretty mad but yeah no I absolutely love it so so when things I don't want to use the phrase return to normal but I just did when things return to normal (laughs) what are you hoping you know, what are you hoping will be the next steps for the band? Just getting ourselves out there and getting some exposure and hopefully doing some amazing gigs. In terms of writing, Josh has been writing some really great new stuff, experimenting with different sounds and, yeah, just progressing and doing as much live music as we can, playing some festivals. I'd love it if we got to a stage where we were playing Reading and Leeds or a bigger festival like that. That would be amazing but um yeah i think we're hopefully going to be releasing an ep at some point i think that's the next step to get an ep out and um, we've got a lot of music written anyway mm. um so hopefully to get an ep out play some festivals when they come round, and yeah just get around the uk a bit more and hopefully even try and do a gig in europe or something would be amazing nice velvet shakes overseas on tour you're quite lucky though because you've had support and a lot of people in your corner recently from BBC introducing Manchester and even BBC introducing Stoke I think the connections through is it Scott yeah because he's from those ends I think it must be so encouraging having 
those things you know those organizations fighting your corner and putting your music out there yeah it is it definitely sort of reassures you because like sometimes you can be in like, you can be in the rehearsal room and you're like i hope it's not just us that thinks this is sounding good so when you get that like you get you get the bbc behind it and and people like that like shell zender and ryan paul and people people like that getting behind your music and putting it out there it's really encouraging and it, it does motivate you to keep going and, and do more and more with it how do those things come around do i'm always so interested into how bbc introducing picks things up and, and kind of shares it with everyone we send it through an uploader to bbc introducing once it's released and then if they like the music then hopefully they'll they'll give it a play or something like that but i remember it was in 2018 we just released i'd say it was our first proper single we had music out before which we which we have taken down, but the love I feel we brought out in 2018, and um, yeah, Michelle from BBC introducing Manchester, she got hooked onto it and actually offered us a live acoustic performance. So it, it really depends if you if you get your music out there and you send it to the BBC uploader for introducing, or whether you do a gig. A lot of the BBC introducing in Manchester a lot, they come down to gigs quite a lot, which is good to see, even at the grassroots venues they'll come down and watch bands play and that sort of thing. So I think, yeah, get your music out there and upload us, try and promote as much as you can, campaigns and that sort of thing. And then things can happen organically still as well. You get the odd person who will come and watch you at a gig and they'll come up to you with another opportunity and then that adds on and that adds on. So I think just getting yourself out there as much as you can, whether it's making music or playing music live or keep writing music, whatever whatever you're doing, just go for it. Nice. I think... That links to something that I was going to say a little bit later on, but there's so many students, because you guys met at uni, there's so many students that have gone to university this time, lots of freshers, who have probably gone to university hoping that they can start making music with other people, whether it's just to socialise or try and make it as a band, that obviously haven't got the chance to do that this time. What do you think, what do you think you'd have done if you'd have gone to uni and been in lockdown and not been able to meet people and make music with them? Um, I think I would have absolutely lost my mind. To be fair, not to be, not to be, not to be. What's the word? Discouraging. Yeah. Is that a word? It'll do. Um. Yeah. I think even though you can't collaborate in your sort of music performance lessons or anything like that, I think still just do what you can to make yourself individually the best you can as a musician. Keep practicing in your rooms and even linking up with people on Zoom, discussing ideas that you can do for in the future. And um, once things hopefully do get back to normal. I think this is a really good opportunity just to build on what you said, or just bounce off what you said, should I say, to really listen and work on yourself as a musician, isn't it? Or an artist in any form, really. Find out what really makes you tick. Because if you know what makes you tick, then you'll be able to work alongside the correct or the right group of people for you, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. So each week we gather advice from lots of different artists across a range of backgrounds so theatre film art music and we share them on our social media and we discuss them a little bit in the podcast so this week's artist advice is from Asif Khan who is an actor writer from Bradford he's done lots of stage work up and down the country and won Channel 4's playwright scheme a couple of years back part of his advice is about the importance of structuring your day at the moment, at this period in time, having a bit of the day where you don't use social media and just allow yourself to get caught up and daydream or be bored or just get caught up in the moment, which I think is a really nice idea and a really important thing to just take the time for yourself. How important has 
structure and routine been for you during the pandemic? Massively important. I'd very much agree with what Asif has said. Like, I think at the moment when you when you're not in a routine and that sort of thing, just doing stuff every day, like it can be simply just making your bed and then cooking yourself something healthy for breakfast or doing a bit of exercise as well, just to alleviate any sort of stress or anxiety that you that you're having and just to clear your face. I think as well. I'd say working on sort of a reward sort of thing has really helped me. So say that I'll get up and I'll do some exercise. I'll do some band email stuff and then I'll watch a bit of TV or something. So the time that I'm my sort of leisure time, as you'd call it in lockdown, watching Netflix or whatever it is, yeah. if you're just doing that all day, then you're just going to be, you won't be able to enjoy it as much and that's going to make your day worse. So if you're doing things which maybe you not necessarily want to do, like if it's exercise, like it's rare that people wake up in the morning and think, yes, I'm going to do some exercise. Like a lot of the time you wake up, you're unmotivated, you're in lockdown. But if you can just beat your mind as much as your mind's telling you you don't want to do it, if you do it, then you've beat your mind for the rest of the day. And you're so much more stress-free. And then when you do come to listening to some music or watching a podcast or watching Netflix, you enjoy it a lot more because you're rewarding yourself from ways that you're developing yourself, whether it's exercise or working on something that you're, doing with music or well you took up yoga like i did didn't you yoga with adrian she's a lovely girl yoga is definitely not one for me i won't be returning to it i didn't i wasn't so keen on the neighbors walking past while i did my um one-legged pigeon in the morning but it was really important to just have that 30 minutes in the morning yeah. before i had breakfast or started the day just to know that each morning i'm going to do this and monday to thursday i would doing some sort of exercise which will be a nice start to the day as such even though I wasn't a fan of the yoga but I also knew that on Friday right Friday is the morning off I can have a lie in before starting to do some work for me a really mind-blowing thing that I, it took me about a month or so to clock on to was just putting my shoes on in the morning just putting my shoes on in the morning before I started work from home my body was in this kind of I'm ready for the day now I'm gonna it wasn't leaving the house yeah but like it's mental the difference that it had it's so true like like I was saying just little stuff like making you making you bed like if you half leave your bed then you're more tempted to just get back in it in a few hours time because you're born so if you make it so you don't even want to touch it because it looks so nice then you like, yeah. you're just more motivated to do something else with your day and and that sort of thing but like you said the idea that you were doing yoga and stuff and then you give yourself that Friday morning to have some relaxed chill time like if you were putting in the graft with whatever you're doing whether it's your, your podcast or us with our music then as long as you're doing that and you work on that sort of reward then I think you can just be internally a lot happier when you feel like you've deserved time to relax and but then like you say a lot of people at the moment are saying you don't have to be productive all the time you don't have to cause yourself stress yeah by thinking you have to be productive so I think it's very much about getting a balance but whilst you're in lockdown I think the main aim for anyone should be to survive you know what I mean try and get yourself to the best possible place yeah. and even even if you're feeling unmotivated exactly and even if you're feeling unmotivated that's fine too you don't have to be doing loads of productive things all day just do little things that you can just each day to try and make yourself feel a bit better that's a hard thing isn't it especially for creatives as well at the moment there's so much uncertainty going around that people on one hand want to feel like they're really doing stuff and they're going to be ready to put themselves straight back out there when the you know whatever industry it is whether it's music theatre or film 
or even you know the ones that extend beyond that are back up and running and they want to be ready to go but also you don't want to be stressing yourself out and doing all this putting so much pressure on yourself to be using this time yeah in order to be ready for when things are up and running because like you said it's about surviving unfortunately at the moment it and is. we're hoping that this lockdown is going to end at the start of december but i'll tell you what it's felt like such a weird transition going back into it and i think because we got so used to socializing outside during the summer even under certain different you know certain measures and whatnot to then be thrown straight back to what feels like last yeah, march but it's, dark. <laughs> it's really hard to it's really ble- it's really bleak you've been working as well during the pandemic haven't you you've been working from home in in your job that you do yeah i have yeah. most days yeah. is that the same for the rest of the band have they all had other jobs during the pandemic as well yeah um everyone's had another job louis louis hasn't um but yeah we've we've all had other jobs so that has been keeping us busy as well which is good but yeah like, like you say like the fact that it's winter like even in march when the lockdown was it was obviously grim but you could still have a nice walk around the park or and sit in the sun for a little bit and that sort of thing which did make a massive difference but i think this because we've been given a sense we've been given that taste of freedom haven't we we sort of even though it's socially distant we've been given the pubs and everything's been open so i think a lot of people this lockdown are losing the motivation a little bit more just because we've been given a snippet of that normality but like you say there's a lot of good news like the vaccine and that sort of thing so Hopefully, if we bide our time, things will just get easier and easier. Fingers crossed, but I'm so glad, like you said, that you've found some sort of routine as well and something to keep you busy through work because I'm really keen to find out through the podcast what other jobs my guests have had over the years because creative careers have been such a huge talking point during the pandemic. And I think what links a lot of creatives together, regardless of what it is that they do, is that they've most likely had to work very hard and juggle quite a lot of different things along the way. Because creatives are constantly adapting, whether there's a pandemic or not. Yeah, 100%. Especially if you're a musician, like the scene's changing so much with new music and different styles. And even on a production level, like music production is developing all the time. And you know what I mean? You're trying to adapt to what's fresh, but keeping yourself doing something that's true to you and that sort of thing. So yeah, we're constantly adapting in that climate. The pandemic's not added anything completely new in that sense obviously there's this added pressure and a lot of worry but when people are starting to question whether creative jobs are viable it's like well people have been doing seven you know multiple jobs alongside their creative career all this time and they've been making it work so i'm sure when it comes back to things being open again they'll be ready to take on whatever they can in order to make it work and get the industry up and running again. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about you, Ant, because I'm really interested as well to find out what people's musical or creative experiences were like as children or when they were younger. Because you come from quite a musical family, don't you? I don't know if you want to open that kind of worm. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah, it's weird. I think the majority of my family are musicians, three quarters of the whole family, I think, something like that. So it's, it's quite weird. Like, what did they all play? Um, so my dad's a keyboard player, um, my mum is a singer. Yeah, my uncles and aunties are all bassists, guitarists, singers. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a lot of us. So music was just constantly in your childhood then? Yeah, like, I remember thinking about this. Like, when I was younger, when I what I associated with, sorry, what I associated with my mum or dad going to work, it wasn't them coming back in at six o'clock in a suit 
or anything like that. It was my dad leaving the house at seven o'clock on a Saturday night in a full black sort of suit ready to do like a function gig or something like that. So I think what I saw as work from a young age was people going out playing music and enjoying themselves. So so how did you end up getting into playing the drums? Was it just a natural kind of thing that you've always been drawn to or did your parents kind of steer you in that direction a little bit? School of Rock, the film. <laughs> Straight Seriously, out. School of Rock? No, 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 like, a little bit. The kid with the spiky blonde hair. Oh my God, right, Freddie, right. I used to play the trumpet and I was shit at the trumpet, like, I really was. I can't picture you with the trumpet. Like, I was, uh, I was just, I was awful at it. And I remember I was watching X Factor with my dad once and I was just tapping along to whoever was singing. And my dad was like, oh, you've got really, you've got a good time. Like, you've got, you're quite musical with your timing. So I thought, oh, well, I should be a drummer then. And obviously I was, I was, what, listening to Arts and Monkeys and all these bands when indie like traditional indie music was at the front of the sort of scene and yeah it just it just sort of made sense to me that if I can tap along in time then I should hit some drums in time <laughs> and do that so. So did you just start having lessons then or did you start playing at school or did you then start to go on to ensembles and things like that how did how did that start off? Yeah so I started having drum lessons and I think I was 10 it was my mum's friend who she gigs with, Gary Watson, um, taught me he was part of like the Bolton Music Services. But yeah, um, it's my mum's flat at the time. Um, we managed to get a drum kit set up in this very small flat and I'd just be knocking the hell out of it for hours annoying my mum when I was 10. So yeah, that's how I started. So imagine how many people have had to put up with that kind of experience during lockdown. Oh. People in flats with neighbours with children that are drummers. Honestly, if I was in a flat and my kid was trying to be a drummer in lockdown, I think I'd just give him a piano or something instead and tell him to turn the volume down. <laughs> but I do think music services are just so beneficial to people um, who want to who want to learn and are interested. Because that's how you meet like-minded people, isn't it? So for you then, I'm guessing going to Salford to study music was just the next step. And then that's where you end up meeting the band anyway. Yeah, literally that is just what I've wanted to do forever, really. Because they were all playing, were they all playing together anyway before you joined? Am I right in thinking? Yeah, so um, Velvet Shakes is originally, it was a free piece. It was just Josh, Scott and Louis. I didn't know any of them at uni at all, but my girlfriend at the time um, was good mates with Louis, the bassist. So she was like, oh, why don't you come and come and watch Velvet Shades, come and watch this gig? And I was like, oh, I don't know. No, I wasn't like that. I was, <laughs> I was, I was buzzing to um, I was wanting to go and see him. I went to see him at the Eagle Inn. I yeah, think yeah. it was in Manchester. And it was just the three of them playing on stage with drums on a backing track. And there was this drum kit on, on stage which wasn't getting used. And I was just sat there listening to this music that they were playing that like Josh had wrote and that sort of thing. And I was just like, how is there not a drummer on stage with them? Like, how have they not found a drummer for this band? Because I thought the music was so good. So I went up to Louis after the gig and just said, if you need a drummer, let us know. And then the rest is history, really. I think we were all at the pub a couple of days after that you'd had that interaction with Velvet Shakes at that gig. And I remember you being so excited. Really? I remember you being so excited. You were like, oh, I've been to see this band and the music they make is really cool and it's quite disco-y and it's exactly what I'm into. But they didn't have a drummer, so really? I just went up to them at the end. That, you know. Yeah, I remember it so clearly because you were just so excited. I think I came and watched one of your first gigs with them. And like I was talking about earlier, the smile on your face, it just was such a clear, it looks like it was just such a clear transition, just slotting you straight into the band. It was so funny to watch. It, it literally was like, as soon as I saw them live, I could hear that disco element and I could 
but I could also hear Josh's songwriting. And I think that's something that Josh does so amazingly where Josh is a massive fan of the Beatles. So he loves sort of traditional melody writing and almost sixties melody writing, but he incorporates that with disco and electronic music. So when I saw them doing that live, even in the early days, I could see all these influences from music that I loved and I thought I need to be in this band. I, I, I need to get involved. And then obviously you spent a lot of time together at Salford. They were all studying together, I think, weren't they? And you were in the year above, is that correct? No, they were the year above, actually. I was the year above. I'm the baby of the group. <laughs> You're the baby <laughs> of the group. I am. Because it's mad, Salford's so popular for people to study music at the moment. Because I don't know if it's because you've got the likes of everything, everything went there and lots of people that are composing for TV and film at the moment. But it's so popular. We had Tori on last week and she obviously has just finished her time at Salford but there seems to be some great musicians coming out there at the moment it is it's it's such a creative space I think I think Salford in general it's always been great for the arts whether it's music or drama or whatever it is and they've got amazing studio facilities and that sort of thing but it's a really warm personal place to, to be like the lecturers it's like a lot of unis they don't even know who the lecturers are you know what i mean they're just these people that teach them but yeah. they really do at salford want to progress you and they do take an interest in what what you're doing and they're very warm people so i think yeah salford's really great and i think they're really good at encouraging people as well because i think a lot of musicians especially when you're 18 you know what i mean you just told your fucking parents that you're going to be a musician and go to uni so you're obviously a bit <laughs> nervous and a bit like oof like you know what i mean i don't know how it's gonna go but they're really good at making, decision yeah 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 they're really good at making you feel comfortable and um sort of encouraging you and getting and making you feel more confident in what you're doing definitely i think it's so important when you're at university to have that relationship with your lecturers when you're doing a creative subject because you've got to feel comfortable if you're going to make the best work that you can you've just given a little nod to Salford Junior, I suppose, and said how brilliant it was for developing you guys as artists. We're coming to the end of the podcast now. Um, now is your chance to do a little shout out to any of people or places or organisations that have helped either you personally or the band um, on their way so far. Yeah, so I definitely have to shout out um, Michelle and Natalie at BBC Introducing, as well as Ryan Paul at BBC Introducing. Um, also, Shell Zenner, um, part of Excess Manchester, they've really been a massive help in just supporting us and encouraging us and getting us out there um, with our name a bit more. It's great. It seems like you've got such a good support network from leaving Salford to then going out and making music on your own. You know, if you've got people like BBC Introducing and Excess supporting you, then it's not... It's not going too badly for you, is it? Yeah. So thanks so much for coming on, and It's been really nice to kind of chat up, chat and find out what you've been up to. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Do you want to introduce the song that you're going to play us out? Well, not you personally right now, but the song that's going to play us out of the episode. Yeah, so this is our last release, which came out in May 2020, and it's called Believe It.
was Velvet Shakes with Believe It. Please check them out on social media and check out their new single, World. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Starts and Grafts. We hope you can join us again next week. But until then, take care.